recorded during the Plague Year 2021. This is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other guest host here. I am Chris Henry from the EAA Aviation Museum, as well as the Apollo 13 Minute. That was Jim's co-pilot on that. Yay, yes, able job. I, I, was, <laughs> was, were you the co-pilot or was I the co-pilot? <laughs> oh, I think I was a co-pilot. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, You were we in got, the pilot seat. <laughs> we, got, we got through it. That's the important thing. Hooray. Um, but, uh, anyway, we are back here with a... Oh, Yet an Apollo reference for this particular minute. Another Apollo reference besides the uh, 601 from uh, from Wednesday. Uh, this one, as far as I can tell, this is one of the first fictional movies to mention uh, quotes from Apollo 11. I, I've, I've tried to find out if there's been, it's, it's kind of hard to look up. But as far as I can tell, this is the earliest reference using an Apollo 11 uh, quote where uh, Levitt says sarcastically that this is another giant leap for mankind. Uh, so, you know, quote, quoting uh, Neil Armstrong there. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, I mean, at the time, it's kind of topical. They were still, you know, they were still landing people on the moon. They were, you know, I mean, they just, fit, if this came out in, um, it was March of 1971, and in January, Apollo 14 had just landed with uh, Alan Shepard uh, setting foot in the, uh, in Fra Mauro. So all golf up there, right? Yeah, exactly. That old six iron. <laughs> yeah, uh, which uh, you can see at the uh, the PGA Museum. I'm always fascinated what what museums landed what, and they <laughs> they wound up with the uh, the golf club head of uh, of Alan Shepard. So it was golfing history, the first sport played on the moon. That's wild. Ah, uh, um, I ha- do you have any? Uh, we're going going off going off target yeah, as yeah. as we usually do. Do you have any space flown uh, artifacts? Oh yes. Okay. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, um, a few years ago, uh, we were approached by Frank Borman, uh, who donated his entire collection to our museum. Wow. And uh, and in that collection are many space flown artifacts. Uh, sim- some of them are, are items like uh, the tools that they used uh, to open uh, bags. Uh, they did they had these interesting kind of shears or scissors. Um, we had a, uh, he, he donated his flashlight, uh, that was on Apollo eight, um, which is really geeky. I geek out about that because you can watch videos. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, the 60 millimeter films of him spinning it in the, in the middle of the cabin. Yep, exactly. Hey, he's kind of, you know, working with his flashlight. He's kind of playing around with it and it's that flashlight. It's his flashlight. Um, so, um, we have, uh, we actually have a helmet from Gemini seven, um, Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty special. Uh so yeah, we have some we have some really special artifacts and I can't tell you just yet, but there's more coming. Awesome. Uh, from a different astronaut, different some of the same era but some different and uh it's going to be a really neat exhibit right next to the Borman exhibit. So uh I just can't can't let y'all in on it quite yet. Okay, well, if they need a ride in a Tesla to lunch, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be, I'll be right up. <laughs> wow. Like, exciting. Yeah, there's something about, I mean, I, I keep thinking, I keep going back to um, the movie Star Trek First Contact, where uh, Picard is touching the the side of the uh, of, of Zephram Cochran's uh, first warp ship, and Data asks him, what is it about touching, is it really important to you? And he's like, yeah, it, it, it really is. When you see the thing, the actual thing itself, something that you've read about in a book or you've seen in a movie, and it's right there in front of you. Uh, 
that's just it, it really boggles your mind it, it touches different parts of your brain that you don't get out of a book or watching a movie it's just it's like there it is it's a real concrete proof this thing was somewhere you haven't been um, yeah that, there's something neat about that it's uh well you know it's it's very similar I'll tell you a weird experience for me and it's it's not like that but it, it was a weird experience and I'll you're this group is probably among the only ones that will kind of get that kind of stuff is you know I've been friends with Frank for a while and um you know we'd worked with a lot of his his items and it was really cool you know to work with these artifacts and put them on display and then in February of last year on the heels of the pandemic starting it hadn't really hit here yet uh, we did a work trip to Chicago, uh, and we actually went to the Museum of Science and Industry. And mm-hmm. I walked up to the Apollo 8 command module, and there was something just really um, special or emotional about getting to see that. I had seen it before, you know, but but now it was different because I had a friend who took that thing somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you and, saw his, his seat, and it was that's yeah, Frank's chair. Yeah, yeah it was really... I, I can't uh, explain it. It was really strange. And then it was really more strange was he called me while we were there. <laughs> and uh, so I texted him a picture, you know, and he was like, yeah, it wasn't, sure wasn't an F-86, was it? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> no. But, uh, um, you know, that was just really, it was really special, you know. And But I saw that object in a way different light. And, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of like Apollo 13, the movie. It, it's, I love that movie. I will always love that film. Um does get a little harder to watch when you're kind of friends with some of the people that are portrayed in it. Um, just, yeah. be, just because, you know, they're, it really kind of sets in that like, wow, these guys were in harm's way. Like this was, this was bad, <laughs> you know? So a little bit, it's a little weird. It's a, it's a different perspective on it for sure. Yeah. It's, it's funny when, I don't think we talked about this on the, on the Apollo 13 show, but I can remember going out to Hutchison, Kansas. We're in the Kansas cosmosphere and going down in the basement of uh, of the Kansas Cosmosphere is where there's a whole bunch of different artifacts. But, you know, one of their center stage things down there, kind of a dimly lit room, uh, is the Apollo 13 command module. And knowing what happened inside that little cylinder, that little, that little truncated pyramid there, uh, you know, you look in there and think all the stuff you saw in that movie, that happened right inside those walls right there. All those switches, all those buttons and dials and and alarm uh lights that all lit up and that's that's where it all happened and when you see that and you're face to face with it it really it changes your impression of it doesn't become abstract it's like this is the real hardware this is something um and and right next to it or i mean it 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 comes and goes because it it gets a lot it gets a a lot more traveling than it did in its actual flight but liberty bell 7 is there too gus grissom's ship and I mean, I can remember since I was a kid uh, that somewhere at the bottom of the ocean was a, a mercury capsule that uh, Gus Grissom almost drowned in, Jeez, and it, yeah. it was gone for decades. And then you know, watching watching news stories where they pulled it up from the bottom of the ocean, and then they said they were going to clean it all out and put it on display. I was like, I've got to go see this someday. <laughs> and you know, then you get to you get to see it, and it's like, wow, it really is there. All the you know the dimes that were. <laughs> you know, stuffed in the stuffed in the corners by uh, NASA t- technicians because they wanted to have a souvenir when it got back. Yeah, um, it just it it really it it, it expands that it, it gives you a lot more um, 
a lot more shelf space in your brain gets devoted to it after you've seen the real thing. I have a very rare, I, I, I think it, it would have to be rare, souvenir from, uh, from Gus's uh, spacecraft. And uh, when the Cosmosphere got it, and they raised it off the ocean floor, and they started the restoration, one of the things they had was the, the film in the camera bay. And the film, of course, it was, it's been under the ocean for how long, yeah. uh, was totally not usable. Um, so they took the film out of the camera bay and they cut it into pieces, um, you know, maybe about, I don't know, maybe about five, six inches long. And they put them in acrylic with a picture of the, of the spacecraft and, and then a picture of Gus and a, and a write-up. And they made a really nice, like, sort of acrylic display out of them. Perfect for, like, your desk or something like that. And uh, they were selling them to help raise funds for the restoration. And they brought those to Oshkosh, and I bought the last one. Wow. And I literally, I, I, it's one of my cherished items because I was always a Gus Grissom fan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, have, I have a piece of the mission. <laughs> yeah, something that rode into space with Gus. And, it, you know, it, it's just the silliest thing about how we attach this, uh, I think the word is a metonym. You, you, you see, when you see this little piece of something, you attach the entire mission, everything you know about Gus Grissom, Hammond, Indiana, and every, you know, <laughs> everything you can think of that, that, that came out of Gus's life is, ra- is wrapped up in that little, that little square of film. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, I think that's why we go to museums. I, I think that's, you know, we, we need to activate those parts of our brains when you see something and you know the history behind it um yeah yeah exactly it's such a and it's it's it can be for the for the weirdest things i have i I don't know if i've told this story i'm not i I tell this story every once in a while and i don't know who i've told it to or where where i've gone but i'll tell it again when uh i was working on my master's uh thesis uh, it was it it had something to do with uh a a bunch of uh, movies and how they were involved in uh, cr- the creation of the International Space Station. But one of the people that was involved in it was uh, Frank Capra. Frank Capra was a director of, uh, of a movie that was shown at the World's Fair, and it was about space and about rendezvous. And I had the, the good fortune of living not too far from the uh, Frank Capra Papers Collection, which is at Wesleyan University in Connecticut. And uh, one of the things... One of the things that they do is you can you can make copies. They 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 have old scripts, old things. You can't you know you can't take the original home with you, but they can you can get a certified copy on their copier. You can't take pictures of it, but you can they can scan it and they'll put it on a Wesleyan uh, huh. paper. And uh, so they they would take apart scripts and scan them for you. And I managed to look at a. Uh, a work copy while I was while I was looking at things uh, I looked at a work copy of It's a Wonderful Life and it was Frank Capra's shooting script of It's a Wonderful Life so huh. so to look at this they it was you know it was an old thing staple it was stapled together and you couldn't really bend the pages and things like that so they they'd take the staples out and then run the pages through a scanner and scan it well anyway the the, the staples they just throw aside and uh, I wound up I just it was there on the table, so I picked up uh, a bent staple that was in Frank Capra's shooting uh, shooting script of "It's a Wonderful Life." It was like it was not going to be preserved. And I know you always have issues with well, what do you got to? Pres- you can't preserve everything, but what are you going to do with it? <laughs> so I have this little this little staple 
that was in Frank Capra's pocket when you know he, he had it rolled up and it was stuck in his back pocket while he was shooting Jimmy Stewart for uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And this little staple means that whole movie to me. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get it framed or not. I just have it in a box. But it's just one of those things that you see it and you're like, oh, wow, this is you know, <laughs> that, that's a little piece of history that you have. Um, so anyway, I, th- what this has to do with this minute, I'm not sure, but we should probably get back to that because we're almost out of time. <laughs> yeah. um, there's, uh, there's an interesting deleted moment in here that you can actually watch when you're watching minute 14. It's about, uh, I think it's about 40 seconds in, but the, uh, I think they were looking at, uh, they were looking at the time and where they were, where they were trying to aim stone and stone was trying to make a joke. Uh, he talks about. Uh, he's talking to Levitt, and uh, he said he's going to seal up the cap- the capsule. And Levitt lays out a little bit more of exposition here, saying that, uh, watch it, uh, Andromeda's altered. Its effects might be radically different now. Uh, so I'll try to get you a photo of the mutated form of Andromeda. Huh. And uh, she was talking about, in the previous minute, she was talking about, uh, he goes, you can organize a protest later. Uh, and he said that a minute ago and then right here after she finishes saying about how it might be radically different uh stone turns to her and says in the filming the original shooting script and they apparently shot it uh stone says good later you can you can carry it on the picket line and he smiles but she doesn't respond to him when he does that so the only thing that's left from that scene is they they cut to a close-up of uh of stone trying to smile and you know, her not getting the getting the joke about him him making light of the fact that he's building bio warfare. So they we just see that little end scene where he walks out of the out the door, but that's just a a little interesting little clip of a, a lost piece of this movie. Huh. Um I interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Anybody else, but it's it's always <laughs> it's always fun seeing uh seeing other little pieces that got left out. Um but it was on and I think it was a good choice. I think Wise made the right decision here because the, the, it didn't advance the plot of the movie any. Yeah. Um, That's got to be a tough decision when you cut something, you know. You gotta, yeah. you got to almost, like, cross your fingers and pray that you're, you've made the right cuts. <laughs> yeah, there, um, there's a – again, going back, to, going back to my Masters, one of the, one of the, part, one of the movies that we went over, went over in the Masters thesis – was the movie Marooned with uh, Gregory Peck? Oh yeah, yeah. And um, uh, oh gosh, now I'm not going to remember her name. Uh, oh, okay. Um, anyway, Gregory Peck was in was in the movie, and uh, he. Oh, let me see if I can do this right. Uh, I'm just going to look up a name real quick just to make sure I have this right. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just want to get it get it right, so I'm doing this right. Um, anyway, when the movie was filmed, Gregory Peck's character in it had a daughter. Gregory Peck was in charge of Mission Control. He was basically uh, Chris Craft. Okay. And uh, he had a daughter uh, who, at the time, was played by Mary Linda uh, Rapoli. And Mary Linda Rapoli was uh, Chekhov's girlfriend in uh, The Way to Eden. She was the hippie. Uh, she was Chekhov's hippie girlfriend that was with all the other hippies. And uh, uh, so she was like her 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 movie her, her being in a movie was a big deal. And uh, so she had she had this whole scene with uh, Gregory Peck, where uh, he he comes in he he's getting on a plane to go to go to um, the Cape, 
and she bumps into him in the airport in Houston and says to him, you're not going to let him die up there, are you? And he doesn't say anything. He just he turns away from her and walks down the jetway. Wow. And it was a great scene. And, she, you know, it, it took him two days to film. He was very excited about, you know, getting some more uh, script time, you know, screen time and making his character a little bit less um, cold hearted. Yeah. And it just tried to show some feeling from, but uh, John Sturges, who uh, was directing it, decided that it was a waste of time. So he cut uh, Mary Linda Rapley out of the uh, of the movie. And when I was writing my thesis, I wrote to her. I found the missing script at the uh, or the, the missing scene in in um, Sturges's script out in uh, the. Uh, uh, the you know the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has all the scripts from these things out in Beverly Hills, and I was reading this, and so I reached out to her and I thought, do you ever remember being in the? She said, do I? I got to meet Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck was my <laughs> dad in that movie. He was really nice to me. He wrote me Christmas cards. He was just such a sweet man, and we weren't even in a movie together for real, but we filmed the scene together. <laughs> so I was just so happy to to talk to talk with her about this one little. Uh, this one little scene, but it, you know, she didn't get to be in the movie. And I, I feel <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of people get left on the cutting room floor and n- nobody got left in this particular one, but it was kind of, kind of sad that, uh, that, that, that's what it made me think of. Anyway, it's, <laughs> we've gone, gone far off the uh, original plan, but yeah, I just, it's, it's always interesting what missing scenes there are in films that you never, you never get to see. Um, anyway, we're, uh, We've wrapped up this uh, this week's worth of minutes. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for being a part of this. Um, I'm glad I have somebody to, to share this with. It, this movie This movie is hard to sit through a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is one that you kind of get through, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I blame Robert Wise is a really good storyteller. He's just real slow at stuff. And case in point, <laughs> if you ever sit down and watch uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, it's just goes <laughs> on and on and on. He he does know how to create really pretty pictures, but uh, telling the story at rapid pace, it's not. He's not, not so there. much. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, uh, again, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, for folks who would like yeah. to hear uh, Chris and me talking a lot more stuff, uh, you can find us over at the other site, um, at the Apollo 13 Minute, where we go over the movie uh, Apollo uh, 13, one minute of screen time per episode. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of great uh, guests, and uh, I thought we had a pretty good conversation. So it'll oh, absolutely. It all turned out pretty fun. well. A lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's all done, so you can go over there and just binge it. So that's always <laughs> a, a good thing. You just sit down and... You know, one after the other after the other. So it's, we didn't we didn't record it that way. It took us a couple of years to get through the whole thing, but we we got her get her done. So that was good news. Um, but anyway, we we uh, will will return with more new episodes next week. So uh, please join us. And in the meantime, please do the the three things we always talk about to make sure this uh, plague goes away. Uh, wash your hands for twenty seconds. Wear a mask and try to stay six feet apart from people you're not living with. Uh, that'll help a lot. And, uh, look look forward to seeing everybody in the flesh soon <laughs> after this plague is done uh, anyway have a great weekend and we will see you here next time on the Andromeda Minute very flattering we don't know much more than when we got here <laughs>